Alrighty, dude, let's just get right into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to, uh, I guess, this YouTube episode where I'm gonna take some time to answer some questions that you guys had asked me via Instagram. I appreciate you guys taking the time to go ahead and ask me a question. So it's gonna be easy peasy, dude. I have my questions right here. I got my recording right here. I'm watching it right here. And I have my Joe Rogie CBD energy drink right here, dude. So I'm ready to go. I'm missing one thing. And I have my best friend in the whole wide world here. I guess I don't really need this anymore. So it's funny when you have a plan, an idea of what you wanna do, how it possibly could go down and it just doesn't happen. It's just part of everything, dude. I'm just gonna go old school and go straight old school, huh? Hey, old school, Eric? Definitely using your phone. Very new school world problem. So we're gonna get into it. My very, the very first question I have is from my comadre, Naya Salazar 13. And she asked me your favorite quote or saying. I don't know like my favorite quote or saying is like off the top of my head. Um, I do have stay gold tattooed on me. It is on a banner like up here, it's out of frame. I have stay gold tattooed on me. I talked about it in my live earlier. Stay gold has been a big one for me because it's uh, um, in my youth. It was nice, uh, it, was a, it was a good inspiration. It was, it was a nice one to, to always go back on and it always kept me focused and it always reminded me to be myself and and to stick to that so stay gold had has been one for me that that uh that has always that has always uh held a special place in my heart so to answer that question i would say favorite quote or saying would be stay gold for sure the next question is from the slob on the pod what does podcasting do for you is it does a lot it allows me the opportunity to practice the art of conversation uh which is which is difficult like if anybody on here has ever done a podcast you know when you go back and you listen to yourself on a podcast first couple of times it's kind of like cringy this last podcast that i did with jordan i was super cringy because i hadn't done one in forever and you get excited and you just understand how many times you say like um uh yeah stuff like that to fill in dead air and even right now the only I'm putting that stuff into practice now and it just helps me. It just helps me because after going back and, and listening to myself talk, because really what other way do you have an opportunity to watch yourself speak unless somebody you know, makes a video of you? Other than that, podcast is the only other way where you can go back and, and listen to yourself. And it's cool because it's a nice way to reflect, practice the art of conversation, you know, practice listening and, and speaking and and just you know working out ideas with friends and people and your guests that you have on so uh, for me it's very therapeutic um, I like it a lot and I actually miss doing it so I'm on the I'm in the process of trying to to focus a little bit more my energy on podcasts and things like this because uh, it's really fun for me and, and it seems to be beneficial for others as well so well I hope so. Cool. Thank you, brother, for that question. Wanderness and Rue, or what's your next tattoo going to be? At the time, I hadn't had the one I just got, but I had just got the eagle tattoo. It's this one. Eagle. I'm sorry. My owl tattoo. Uh, I just got the owl tattoo, so um, this one's not done yet, so I still have to get, go back and get color. 
So technically, this is my next one. So yeah, the it was it was the owl. Speed of life medium. How did you get the opportunity to work with Matt? So I like telling this story. This is cool because there was a lot of people involved with um, getting the job with HWPO and with Matt and Sammy. I had gone to the games in 2019 and I had gone with lab management and I had the honor to shoot Bethany, Carrie, and um, Amanda Barnhart and it was awesome. I loved it. It was a great experience. To be able to go to the games once uh, was amazing and it was cool and I'm thankful for X Endurance and lab management for letting me go. It was awesome. So fast forward to this past year, 2021, I had been kind of waiting and my buddy of mine, shout out to Fabian, had sent me the link for the post that HWPO had posted looking for, excuse me, looking for somebody to, uh, to take pictures at the games for them. And I just applied for it. Like I just put my name in, um, put my name in, put some references in. And next thing you know, I got a contact and it was from Sammy and I had got an email. It was an email from Sammy and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a second, this was really happening? Like I kind of just applied for the job as like a goof because I thought I was gonna go with somebody already. I thought I was gonna go to the games some, some other way. So um, yeah, I got the email from Sammy and it was kind of weird, I, I couldn't believe it. And I had, I had a hard time processing if it was real because I was like, there's no fucking way. Like, no, dude. And uh, sure enough, it was real. And I had some people uh, involved in that hiring process that uh, put a good word for me. Shout out to Cooper Marsh. Uh, my guy has been on for me since day one. Cooper, Michelle, Jason, you know, Andrew, all those people down at X Endurance Lab Management, they, they've been so good to me that, you know, without them, I wouldn't even have the opportunity to had even been prepared for something like that. So, and uh, and obviously all, everybody at the gym at Hidden Valley and you know, all that family. So being fortunate enough to know the, those people put me in the position to get that job. So I'm very thankful for all of them. So, um, and that's kind of how it happened. And next thing you know, I'm talking to Sammy and O'Keefe on the phone. And shortly after that, I was on a plane to Madison, Wisconsin and we shot the games. And it was one of the coolest experiences I, I had ever gotten to do and to meet uh, Matt and Sammy and to meet my guy Vakey and, and, uh, and Jake Marconi was an honor. It was cool. I met some really awesome people and made some rad friends that weekend. So yeah, it's definitely one for the books. This one's for my friend, a uh, longtime friend, McKenna Dot Bailey. What's good, girl? She said, worst coworker you ever had and why is it Michaela? <laughs> it's definitely not you. You're one of my favorites. I appreciate you. A question that she had was, who or what is your dream to shoot? So I like, I like this question because, you know, to be able to shoot with Matt, is an honor. The idea of shooting with Matt never even crossed my mind, like in full transparency. So to be able to go do that was wild for me. Like, it's cool, it's amazing. It's, it's one of the sickest things I've been able to do. And to be able to continuously work with him is just something that I'm more than grateful for. So I'm just, I just make sure I'm healthy and I'm good and I do my best and not to fuck that one up. A dream shoot would actually be to shoot um, with like a brand like Rook because I, I'm a big fan of like their artist network program and the way that they collaborate with artists and stuff and, and it would be a dream to be able to do something like that. So um, yeah, something with, with Ruka and to keep working with like these amazing individuals, like these people that inspire me, like it's cool to be able to work with Matt 
people like that and with Josh Bridges and you know and I would like to keep working with different individuals like I you know even thinking about like the Ruka you know sponsors like people like Rose Namajunas like my favorite skateboarders like Chris Cole people like that to meet legends in their space is what would be amazing for me I just want to keep meeting these these legends and in, in their in their space and and learn from them and, and pick their brains and just be in their presence and you know that's the kind of stuff I want to keep doing what keeps you inspired with long-term clients why am I spacing I guess it's up for interpretation Noe McKenna it's kind of that way she asked me a question I answer it the way I think would be to help them grow and help their business evolve organically keep working with them and as they scale up to be able to contribute in any way that I can whether if that's photo design you know just to be able to help that any which way is um, is what is that essentially inspires me to keep doing what I do so um, it's a very good question McKenna it stumped me for a little bit but not for long so these next three questions are from the homie Sammy Moniz dude this first question that Sammy had is have you ever considered moving to the east coast now I have and I'm down let's go to Vermont we go, dude. As long as I can bring Baby Yoda. Compound. You wanna go to the snow? We're down, 100%. Let's go to the East Coast, dude. Next question that Sammy asked is, do you sell Lightroom presets? At the moment, I do not. But if it's for, for Sammy Moni's, dude, I might sell you a preset. We'll see, maybe. Not yet, but possibly. What is your daily skincare routine? I don't know if this is a goof, dude. I really don't have a daily skincare routine, to be honest. I probably should. It's probably kind of gross. Um, I really don't wash my face, to be honest. I probably should. And you know what? You're opening a can of worms here, dude. So when I was a kid, I had really bad acne. Like, bad acne. Like, I have a scar. If people look at me on the le left side of my face, I have a scar on my face. And that's from picking at my face. Like, granted, yes, everybody has acne. It's my fault why I have a scar, because I'm picking at my face. I understand that. But for me, I spend so much time trying to like figure out my face situation, which in retrospect is like a diet issue. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to eat like shit, like mini mamas, those little like round pizzas and like Tostino's pizza rolls and cookies and like Gatorade and uh, you know, stuff like that. Bad diet, bad pores, oily skin, acne. And I use like, I use Proactive, clear cell, like thought about using Accutane, shit like that. So I had like spent so much time trying different stuff on my face that it like got exhausting. So one day, like in my 20s, it just clicked and I didn't have acne anymore. And I just stopped using stuff. Uh, really, honestly, it's just like hot water. And, and that's it, dude. I don't put like soap or anything on my face and my face feels great. So uh, I wish it was a more... I wish it was a better answer. I wish I can tell you like a list of products that I use, but I literally don't do anything for my skin. I really like doing those little like face mask things. We did one on a podcast and it, was, it made my skin feel great. Whenever I go to the East Coast, uh, I'll do one. If you, if you have one, if you have those face masks, I'll do one. And maybe Matt will do one too. If you have suggestions, I'm down to hear it. This next question is from my dude, Rowdy Bridges. He said, who was the coolest person you met at the games and why was it me? <laughs> Shout out to Rowdy Bridges, dude. Uh, it was day one, Vicky and I were walking around and uh, this, uh, this guy comes up to us, super friendly, and asks us, you know, where are we from? Who are we shooting for? Stuff like that. And it's kind of like common, like when you're shooting the games, like, especially if you're new, like for me, it was like my second year. I'm not familiar with everybody. I'm just like, you know, 
what's your name, blah, 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 how you hear, who you're shooting for. And it's cool to see people that are shooting for different people. And uh, this guy had just happened to drive. I forgot where you're from, Rowdy, but he drove all the way to the games and he was camping. It was pretty sick. And we met him and ran into it at the games and, you know, pretty nice guy. So, and, you know, everybody that we, like, I was telling my friends and, you know, people that I know that's never been to the games, it's like the games is such a wicked environment. All these people who are just trying to live their best life, healthy people who are there to watch the fittest on earth do what they do. So everybody there is just like in a good mood and Rowdy was like a very good example of the types of people that are at the game. So it was good to meet you, brother, and thank you for the question. You know, not really a question, but I'm glad I have everybody here still. Halfway through the Rogi drink, and these are great, is I don't have sponsors. I would love to have sponsors. In, in order for me to like <clears throat> reach out to people, I gotta do these more consistently, and I understand that. I have a list of sponsors that I would like. Cafecito would be wicked. Cactus Kush would be wicked. Liquid IV would be rad. Who would be sick? Dude, honestly, anybody, anybody who's willing to support this thing that we're doing, that'd be wicked. The reason why I say that is because I got these from Cactus Kush, and they're Joe Rogan's Kill Cliffs, the CBD. They got 25 milligrams of, of CBD. They're very good. Um, and if you need some CBD as well, go ahead and go to Cactus Kush. It's good shit. We're moving along, we're moving along, we're moving along. Next question is from So So Katie. She said, what was the atmosphere like in Madison? Honestly, it's a lot of like positive energy in the air. Like just to reiterate, you're, you know, you're there watching the fittest on earth do essentially what you do. I, most people that go to the CrossFit games actually do CrossFit. Like you go to the booths, it's everybody who's involved in CrossFit or in the fitness space. And it's cool. Like we're all in the very like-minded people who are there trying to be a better version of themselves. So if you haven't been in the CrossFit games, I highly recommend it. It's a good energy. It's fun. They have tons of food and, and these cool booths and stuff to do and stores. It's cool. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. Question is from Salamand. God damn it. Dolloy. I'm just gonna put it, dude. Sorry, dude, I'm sorry. He asked uh, when we can see behind the scenes when you shooting and editing. I'm open to it, man. I think it'd be cool. Uh, maybe in the near future. From the homie, Ari Key. She said, I miss you. Can we get coffee? That's my question. I miss you too, dude. I miss you guys a lot. But I miss you. We can always get coffee whenever you want, dude. Keith and I. Fun fact, used to wear cafecito together. We were baristas, baristos. It was fun. The homie, Maggie, Magzredos. Wow, I can't read for sure. And she asked, uh, how, did you, how do you manage it all? Uh, I don't. <laughs> it's an attempt. It's a try and it's an everyday practice is a, I think is a, is the, is the proper answer. I, I do have a lot going on in my life, not saying nobody else does. Uh, I have a lot going on and for me it's very important to have non-negotiables in my life. There's things that I do on every day that are non-negotiable that benefit my overall well-being and my health. That's eating well, drinking a lot of water, practicing good habits, and working out. Like those are non-negotiable. And notice I didn't put like work in there. Every, all those other things come first and then work. Uh, granted, sometimes work overshadows those things, but that's why those other things take priority first before the work. Because for me, you know, my mental, my physical, my well-being is much more important than any work that I put out because the work is something that 
for me, it's just, it's second nature. It's something that I'm always going to do. I'm always going to have this urge to make stuff, to create. And, uh, but more importantly, I can't do any of that to the ability that I like to, um, if my mind and my, and my body aren't right. So, um, having those non-negotiables is a big one. And, uh, you know, and I guess that's how, I guess that's how I go about it. That's how I manage it is because if I don't do those things, then uh, she can get real uh, twirly fast. This next question is from Tony B 55 photo editing highlights always completely removed uh, presets. So he's talking about the highlight sliders in any editing program. I use Lightroom and yes, so my highlights are typically moved all the way to the left. The highlights sometimes, but more than anything, it's the whites. So the whites are typically moved all the way to the left and the highlight is what gets moved a little bit more. I'll tell you why I do it. So the reason why I do that is because my style, the, the type of editing that I like is based on Kodachrome film. And Kodachrome film is not just a color way, it's not just a color tone. Color and treatment and tones get treated on paper is typically a flat look. So for me, that flat look comes from that. And I think it's important for people to understand where their style and their look comes from because that's where you get misses. And I think it's important for all of us to, to as like creators is to go and really dig deep and understand, you know, what your style is, where it's coming from, who your influences are. That way you understand, you know, what you like, who you like and why. And then that way you can understand those things and then begin to, to break out of it and develop your own style. So that's the reason why I do that. That's my reason. I don't know why other people do it, but for me, you know, that's why I do it. And as far as presets go, like I'll have to put the link where I got my presets from because I think that's gonna be more beneficial from you guys than for me to give you mine. Because I purchased some from a guy and I made them my own. I tweaked it a little bit to fit what I like. Thank you, dude, appreciate it. Maggie K. Vaughn, what's up, dude? Maggie's a fellow creator, photographer, designer. She's the shit. She asks, how do you define your photo slash design style? Forever inspired by your work. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. My photo and design style, well, I guess they're a little bit different. I kind of talked about the photo one a little bit. I first heard about Kodachrome Film from a teacher of mine, Mr. Jones, at Centennial Middle School. I was in eighth grade. And um, at the time I was illustrating a lot, I was drawing a lot. And I hadn't really played with the camera too much. Like I had as a kid, like my mom bought me cameras and. Uh, we, you know, we had video cameras and I've always been attracted to them. And um, he had told me if I've ever heard of Kodachrome film before. And he told me that he was like, he insisted on me like looking it up. But at the time I had like no internet or anything. So I really wouldn't know where to look. So um, he like showed us what Kodachrome film was. Like he brought something for us to watch and I forgot where it was like on TV or something, but he brought us like this video of Kodachrome. And from then on, like I was like in love with it. And, um, and it was cool because, you know, it was like this new style and something that was so popular, like in the 50s. And in its time, uh, it was cool to learn about it as a kid. And as I got older, I understood it a little bit more. And as I took, started taking more photos and developing my own style, it was something that um, was like inherited in me and like something that I really enjoyed. So um, it kind of just came with me since then. And uh, that for photo, it's really that Kodachrome film style. Um, I really love, my, some of my biggest inspirations are um, Saul Leiter. He's like my goat, my number one. If you look up uh, pictures of Saul Leiter, you can see like directly, uh, you know, inspire how I got inspired by him. Uh, Henry Cartier-Bresson, 
um, Annie Leibovitz is the shit. Um, Annie Leibovitz in, in, the, um, in the Rolling Stone days, I really like. I really like her new stuff too, but I'm a big fan of like her documentation of life. Um, uh, yeah, like in the Rolling Stone days, Gordon Parks is dope. Uh, man, the list goes down, but I'm a really big fan. Oh, in the skate world, like uh, Ty Evans. Like, dude, there's so many people that I like. Um, and, and I like them all individually because they're people that have developed their own style in their own way and are completely different of each other and i really like that about people so um yeah those are some some of my photo ones and is design in design it's always been contino uh contino is my is my goat for uh design you know his attitude towards design uh the way he approaches it you know very much like a detective in in design school they kind of teach you to be that way as well and i think he practices that a lot and he really puts his foot down when it comes to doing things his way because you know he has a reason for the way he does things and he thinks things through and you know puts a lot of thought and love into things that he does and gives a fuck about what he does and i really love john contino for that and, he's, and for that he's a big inspiration of mine nathan yonder is a big one um i have some on instagram but those two like off the top of my head are like big ones for me especially contino he's the shit i love him i wish i could meet him i would love to meet contino that would be like one out fangirl out like it'd be sick um my boy trevor farrar said can i get a podcast with you would love to talk about things in depth things in depth dude what are things in depth next question is from my guy the real dsm what do you feel your purpose is in this world okay we're getting deep dude getting a little deep dude i had a uh, some time to really think about stuff like this for me man i feel like my purpose in this world is um to do what i'm doing man to do what i'm doing and to do it with love um my purpose i think is to do it the way i've been doing it you know um my mom always believed and inspired me to do what I do with love and with care and, you know, to put myself in these people's shoes that I'm working for and to be at my best when I come with these and to always come with a smile and, um, and to give my best to these people who, you know, are, are, you know, not only paying for my time, but, um, you know, asking it of me and to do what I do. And, you know, it, that's, it's so important for me to stay healthy mentally and phys mentally and physically so then that way you know i can come and and fulfill my purpose which is to take these photos and videos and designs and to create for not only myself but you know others who ask it and um and yeah man and just to keep doing what i'm doing to be honest man so and to do it with and to do it with love so not only to be able to do it that's one part but the way i do it means just as much possibly even more than actually doing the thing so yeah, man. Thank you for that question. That's a good one. Uh, the next one is from douche of a guy, dude. His name's Cooper Marsh, and he said, no question, just shut your yapper when you talk. Solid question, guy. Kidding. 115 TX Media, my guy, or girl, don't know, asks, how do you know when you are finished with a photo? Strict process or by feel? These are good questions, dude. I like this. This is fun. And it's by feel. Rule that I have is like, if it doesn't work, if the photo doesn't work in black and white, it won't work in color. As I'm editing, I'll put my preset on and I'll adjust like my highlights and everything and I'll adjust like the contrast and stuff and I'll flip it to black and white. And if I look at it and I flip it in black and white and if it doesn't work, then I'll go ahead and tweak, you know, my highlights, my shadows, my darks, my whites, my blacks and adjust it to where it works in black and white and then flip it back in color. If you look at it and you squint and if, you know, 
if your textures aren't right, if your shapes don't look right, if the composition isn't right in black and white, then it's not gonna be at its best in color. So yeah, it's definitely by feel. Battery's dying, need a switch. Oh my God, if, I, that, if that made everything better. Oh, it did make the world better. Oh, it's already dying again, damn it. Oh, dude, that looks so much better. I'm kind of pissed now. Yeah, we'll figure it out, huh? That's the problem when you don't have lights and you're dealing with natural light. It moves a lot. We are on the last leg of questions here. Amber G, she asked, how many tacos you had to buy when Amber, Amber when she won? At this time, we don't know if Amber won yet. So if you don't know about this bet, Amber and I, well, Amber had bet me that whoever got more views on Jordan's podcast has to buy the other one tacos. So, and at the moment, my podcast is out and not Amber's yet. So we don't know who's gonna win. Uh, next question is from my boy. He's underscored Diego. If Qui-Gon Jinn survived and Obi-Wan was killed, would Darth Vader have happened? Damn, dog. Why'd he get deep, dude? Why'd he get so deep, Diego? Probably not because isn't it like a big, and I love talking to Diego about Star Wars, and I feel like this is a better conversation to have when he's here. Um, but if Qui-Gon Jinn survived, um, Darth Vader probably wouldn't happen. And this is like a big Star Wars, Star Wars theory. This is a big Star Wars theory, uh, theory is that uh, if Qui-Gon Jinn would have survived, then Darth Vader would have never happened because Qui-Gon would have been the example and the father figure that Anakin needed and not Obi-Wan, because Obi-Wan was more of a brother and couldn't be as, as service to him as he needed, like Qui-Gon would have been. But Darth Vader redeemed himself, dude, so it's all good. My guy, hi, I'm Tony G. I might not answer this question because it's a little inappropriate. Maybe not for this platform, but maybe on a podcast I'll answer that one. But my guy, Tony, uh, is a big supporter and always sends me like these good chunked messages and takes the time to do that, and I appreciate him. Not gonna answer that one, but uh, I probably talk about it on a podcast, so maybe I'm not this time, but I'll answer that one. So this next question is from the Between Me and You podcast. So Jordan and Andy Control's podcast. If you haven't listened to it, if you haven't followed it, go ahead and do so now. Couple one two silly gooses. If you weren't doing photography and design, is there something else you see yourself doing? Um, honestly, man, nah. Like that's kind of the whole th the whole deal with this career. No, I, I didn't see myself doing any, I can't see myself doing anything else, man. I don't think I can really do um, anything else that's, that's not creative. I just enjoy making things, whether if that's photo, if that's video, painting, illustrating, carving, art. I like art, I like to create things and I can only see myself in like a creative space. I love to write um, music, which sounds fun, man. I, any of that sounds awesome to me. I would love to do all those things, to be honest. And, I plan on doing all those things. I just, you know, for myself, just, I think it helps everything else is learning how to play a, an instrument or just playing music, you know, or, and I write on the regular already, not creatively, but, you know, I just write for myself. And, uh, but I don't think I can do anything outside of uh, creating, man. It's just, it was, it's in my blood, it's in my bones. And I, I think I was built for doing something like this. Uh, a lot of my stress and a lot of my, uh, I don't wanna say anxiety, but yeah, I guess anxiety comes from, you know, it's a gift and a curse because you need a little bit of that. You need some of that for what I do. Healthy amount of it is good because it, it helps push the boundaries on, on my designing and, and, my, and, my, and my creative work. So, um, nah, man, I, I really can't. 
this is this is all I got. I can't, I don't think I could go work at. Yeah, I tried doing other things before because I had to, and nah, it's just it's not for me, dude. So, this is it. Damn, this question is from the homie, Olympiada, Bobby Joe. He asked, "How do you know when you're a down ass fool, dude? It's when your socks are as high to your knees, dude. That's how you know when you're a down ass fool." Uh, this last question is from Que Paso Alba. Uh, Alba's a friend. Goes to the gym. We actually kind of talked about this one a little bit more, and uh, she all she asked was grief and to talk about grief. And actually, we had talked about this a little bit at the gym and grief for um, grief is a is a tough one and. A big thing about grief, time helps for sure. And it was actually an interesting conversation because we were in the back of the gym and she was doing something and she had asked me about, you know, my pops and she had brought up the whole grief thing and, and brought up that she had asked it on the podcast and, you know, her and I were talking and she had lost her dad in some recent years and obviously I had just lost my mom and Steven with his dad, uh, which by the way... Um, his dad's year anniversary is next week. So if you remember, send that guy some love because it means more than you guys know. So, um, but with the whole grief thing, you know, it's interesting because we were, Alba and I were talking about it. For everybody, it's, it's, it's different. Um, everybody deals with grief and deals with pain and suffering uh, very differently. And, and, and uh, a good friend of mine taught me that there's no such thing as right or wrong. It's just healthy or unhealthy. And... Um, there's healthy and unhealthy ways to deal with grief. And from uh, um, a lot of that is, I think it's very important while you're grieving is to um, is to be around loved ones. You know, having loved ones helps. And it's it's even hard for me to like even suggest things that, uh, that you know, I'm not even going to suggest things because I think that's, uh, I don't think that that'll do you know, I think just talking about my own grief is going to be more beneficial than kind of playing, trying to give advice about it because I don't think that's right. But grief is a weird one, man. Like having to deal with that myself with my mom, you know, for me, I talked about it a little bit on the end of the Slob on the Pod podcast. Um, you know, it's been my mom passed away in, um, in January, about New Year's. And I think it was actually New Year's. And, um, you know, at different moments between then and now, you know, my emotions were, you know, all over the place. You know, you deal, you know, they say that there's the five stages of grief and, and all that stuff. And and for me, it was it was very, you know, it was, it was difficult because for me, my mom raised me to be, she raised me to be the man that is sitting in front of you today. You know, my dad worked a lot, not saying he was gone every day, but... You know, my mom is the one who molded me, the one that taught me all life's lessons, taught me to have the character that I have, to be the type of man that I am. And my dad was like that physical example of how to be, you know, in different ways. So I'm very fortunate to have both my parents. So when I lost my mom, um, I felt a hole and I was empty and I didn't want to allow myself to, to be happy anymore. And I had a lot of, you know, at first you have, you just have, you know, it's hard to just deal with the fact that the person isn't here anymore. And part of, of a big grieving for me was, was is acceptance. You know, and a lot of that stuff sounds like kind of like corny and you see it online. And, you know, a lot of these things you see online is like, oh, okay, that sounds cliche or corny. And it's like, um, until you go through it yourself, you understand it for yourself. So, but for me, you know, at every stage of, of growth, I had to like accept 
what I was holding back at the time. So in the beginning, it was really hard for me to, to accept the fact that my mom was gone. Um, and as soon as I did, I was able to grow from that and, and look at that a different way with a different perspective and just appreciate that she was my mom and be f lucky and grateful and, and understand that I was fortunate to have a mom like that and, and, in, and to be grateful with the time that I had with, with her. Um, and then, you know, as I grew, uh, as time passed by, excuse me, uh, as time passed by, um, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was tough for me to accept, uh, me being happy. Like I didn't want to be happy around people. It was tough for me to, uh, to be just to enjoy myself, to enjoy life, to enjoy other people. Like after, you know, when, when somebody passes away, like you're, you know, for me, I had so much love and, and support from like my family and my friends that, you know, I was overflowing with love and, you know, all you can do is just give it away. But, you know, as time passes by, you know, old habits come back. You start, you know, getting back into like the swing of life. And my Steven, my brother, had warned me like, you know, uh, you know, just it gets harder when, you know, people stop coming over every day, stop bringing you gifts, food, you know, stopping by and life goes back to normal. And, and it did get harder. And for me, it was very hard for me to accept, you know, I, my whole life I've been like a silly goose. I've always been like a high energy guy. And um, when life kind of went back to normal, it was hard for me to um, want to be that way. So um, that was a part for me that was really difficult. And um, for me, I was able to seek therapy and that helped me a lot. And I was able to accept the fact that, um, that that's what I was hiding, was that I didn't want to be happy without uh, the most important person in the world to me my mom, the one who raised me and, and made me. And thank God I still have my dad and my brother and I hold them very close. So, um, but you know, once I went to therapy and understood that and learned how to, to, to let that go and understand that, you know, my mom would want me to be happy and, and, and pursuing that. And now, you know, really giving all my love and energy to the people that are still here and, and enjoying every moment with them and being happy with them and laughing and, using my mom's love and energy to give to other people is, is what's most important. So, um, yeah, grief is, grief is growth. Grief is about growing and about patience and about love. And, um, for me, you know, I was a big one. I was, I was actually really excited to talk about this one because I'm now at a place in my life where I can talk about my mom's, uh, passing in a mature way and, and hope that I can, you know, help others in any way that I can. And hopefully if this little segment can help do that, then, um, and that's awesome, man, because, you know, like I said, I lost my best friend, my mom, the one that, you know, fed me every day. You know, she she raised me to be who I am and inspired everything that I do. Everything that you see here, you know, was inspired by my parents and especially my mom. And, uh, and uh, yeah, she was a very special human being for for everybody that knew her. They, they knew how, what type of person she was. She was very kind and, and empathetic and 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 uh, cared for others and always went out of her way to make sure others were okay and good and taken care of and you know also very creative my mom was uh she uh has studied fashion design it doesn't like to say she was a model but she had done modeling as well and like just she had great taste like she was always dressed nice to the nines her house is beautiful like just an overall just like a beautiful person like you literally think my mom was an angel that was here and she was my mom, and I'm very thankful for that. And for that, 
you know, I think it's my life is dedicated to preserving who she was. And that is through my character. And I'm not perfect and I will never be, you know, my mom is a goal. Um, but, you know, I strive to be the best person I can based on the gold standard that she and her, my dad had left me. So um, I'm very thankful for that. And with that, that is the last question that was asked and uh, really it wasn't a question, she just put grief, but um, I'm glad I can be able to talk about it. And I'm thankful, so thankful to be able to sit here in front of this camera and presenting you know, this video to all you guys and to be able to talk about these things in a level-headed way. And I appreciate every single one of you guys who takes the time to you know, like a photo send messages like send beautiful messages like such kind messages like there's times i look at my phone i'm like shit dude i am lucky i'm very thankful for all you guys who you know support my work since day one when it was just on my iphone and you know to where we're at now and where we're gonna go like i can't uh i can't thank you guys enough i'm very thankful and see you guys on the streets when i hear you guys say it you know i'm kind of like i know i'm like this i'm a high energy like silly goose guy uh, but when it comes to like the work and stuff, I, I get a little shy like when people say nice stuff. So I just kind of like say thank you and go away because I just I just want to make cool stuff. All the love you guys show me, dude, I'm overwhelmed with it all. So but thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, look out for the apparel. It's coming. I promise. Um, my own apparel is coming out soon. Uh, I'm working on a book as far as with photo, a photo book. And um, and yeah. And uh We'll see where the career goes a little bit. It's been it's been cool. This last these last six months have been insane. Uh, we're transitioning a little bit, and uh, you know, we'll I'll keep you guys updated on on what goes on. But uh, right now, I'm moving a little bit more to my personal stuff and really putting my stock into myself and investing in myself and and hoping that that pays off. You know, I was very inspired by being around Matt, being around my friend Vakey. Um, and seeing how they make this life for themselves in different ways. And I just, I want that for myself. So um, I spent a lot of time, um, well, you know, being the best person I can be. And and, uh, and I'm grateful that I have the job and, and the career that I have. And, you know, if I can, you know, if I can, you know, keep making podcasts with inspirational people and sharing, you know, their story and sharing, you know, creative people that I enjoy and sharing their stories. And if it helps somebody else, you know, I really enjoy that. And to be able to work with these really rad individuals and to be able to share that as well, you know, I'm thankful to be able to do that. So I just want to keep doing that, sharing it with you all, hopefully that it helps you guys, you know, in any which way, you know, I don't want to go out of my way and try to become like an influencer in any sense of the word at all. I just want to be able to do me, document that, and share it with you guys and hope that, you know, it helps in any which way. So, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll see you guys later. God. Yeah, right, dude. That would hurt.